All right, let's get into the word. We're going to be closing out this series that we've been in, Lack No More. Um, you know, if, if no other series has really challenged me, it is not, I want to use the word challenge, has affirmed what God, the assignment that God has given not only my, my, my personal life, but what God has given this church. This has probably been one of those series. And uh, I'm on assignment. I'm on, I'm on assignment to get you out of lack, to get you over into the place of abundance and overflow. Uh, bills, buying cars, needing homes, food should never have been something that we sh that should have never been something that a child of God should have ever had to worry about. I'm going to go a step further. It really should not have ever been anything that a child of God should have had to pray about. Buying a car should be nothing for us. Getting a house should have been nothing for being able to pay bills should have never been nothing. But somebody ate off a tree that God told them not to eat off of. And I'm starting right here because if you make excuse, oh God, man, I just, I, I just cry for the church in some of the teachings that I hear and, and, and the excuses and the theology that we try to come up with to give meaning or understanding as to why things are the way that they are. Rather than saying something went wrong. And because something went wrong, something occurred. But because something occurred, God sent somebody or came himself to make right what was occurred so that we can get back to how God originally made this thing to be. So today we're going to close out Lack No More this is going to be lesson four, and the, the subtitle of today is simply repent. Repent. I want you to lean in because we're going to talk about repentance in a way that you've never heard it before. Come on, say repent. My series goal, or our series goal, because I've had help in teaching this series, is simply to dismantle Satan's strategy to rob both the believer and the kingdom of God. Satan has a strategy. And unfortunately for some of us, it's working. And then when you, you've heard me say this several, when we add on slavery and all these other things, uh, it, it, it almost seems like that was the way that God set it up. I, I, I just felt led to show you this real quick. Can, can we put up there, and I'm going to get right to my notes, because I, I need to dismantle that first of all. That when Okay, slavery is in the Bible. Come on, say it is. Uh, but slavery in the Bible was never, was never about taking somebody just because you want to take them, bringing them to a place and making them work and not paying them. That's not what biblical slavery is about. As a matter of fact, the word slavery and the word servant mean the same thing. And anytime you have war, somebody becomes a slave or a servant. The word slave or servant is in the New Testament, and it's also used as a subordinate word. For instance, you would have a business. The person that runs the business would be the master. Those persons in the business, if you were still teaching old English, would be the slave or the servant. Not that they are slaves to a master. We, in our, in our uh, native time, we call it a manager, right, an assistant manager, and then we call the slave now in our English, 
employees. Don't let folk trip you up with that. Exodus chapter 21 verse 6, let's see what the Bible says. You can't, you can't cherry pick the word of God. Exodus 21 and 6. Um, I, I, okay, I'll, I'll turn there. We'll look at Exodus 21 and 6 and then Deuteronomy 20. Okay, there it is. Come on, read. Then his master. That's the wrong scripture. Exodus 21. Did I say Exodus 21? That's the wrong scripture. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy. I may have wrote the wrong one down. Deuteronomy 24 and 7. Let me. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 20. What did I say? 24 and 7. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I want. Deuteronomy 24 and 7. Let me know when it's up there. We're going to read it together. And it's up there. Okay, read. Did you see what that book just said? Notice it said, if a man be found stealing any of his brethren or the children of Israel and maketh merchandise of him, don't pay him for his work. The Bible says, or selleth him, bring him over on the ship and sell him into other countries. The Bible says that man is a thief and the one who stole him shall be put to death. That don't sound like to me the Bible is agreeing with slavery. It's saying, thank you, it's saying the total opposite. So when you do look in the law and you see the word slave, it is talking, watch this, we actually still have slavery today. And we have a place that we keep those who we enslave. It's called prison. And what are they doing? They're paying a debt for something that they did. We don't use the word slave, but that's really what they're being, that's really what, what's happening to them. They're having to pay off uh, uh, their life for an act that they committed wrong. That's what the Bible is talking about. Or someone that was taken as an act of war and then God gave them laws of how to treat those people that you took as an act of war. Amen. But we're not supposed to take someone from another land and I wish I had that Exodus scripture and sell them. The Bible says the person who did it. So every, every, every confederate, well, Thank God we're in the New Testament for some of them. Okay, we, I just taught you that. So let, let's get, why did, you, why did you go there first, Pastor? I went there first because if you think that the God of the book is against you or that somehow he set this up and that was a way to get our attention, well, you're not going to believe him. I wouldn't trust that type of God that enslaved me and then, and, and now you want me to say, trust that you love me? And that you really have my best at heart? It makes sense, don't it? So let's, let's, let's look at this. Turn to Matthew 4.17. Let's move, let's move, let's move, let's move. You, at this point, you're going to believe what you want to believe, but I believe the book. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to get you out of debt. If you rock with me, I'm, I'm already letting you know where I'm at. For the rest of this year, I'm in finances. If you rock, you say, why are you in finances? Because money touches every part of your life. You, you, if, if you say all they talk about is money, listen to me. You are being entertained by a demon because Satan needs you broke. There is nothing you can do in lack for God. 
Now, you do what you want to do with that, but it touches every part. If you go to the doctor, you got a copay. You go to the grocery store, you, you, you mess around and miss scanning if you want to. That's called stealing. You riding around on E, I know what it feels like to have to look up under the seats and have to find change to try to put fuel in your car. And you got your wife and your kids in the car with you. I know what that feels And you preaching. I know what that feels like. That's not a good feeling. That's not a God feeling. Not when the Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, but I got to want. Well, where the shepherd at? And then I realized it was not, it, was, it had nothing to do with how the shepherd saw me. It had everything to do with how I saw the shepherd. That maybe he's taking me this route. Maybe this is how he want me. No, that ain't how the shepherd want me. No shepherd intentionally takes the sheep through the pasture field with lions. I'm going to rock your mind the rest of this month. Now, hear this master statement. God requires that we repent in how we live out, our, live out life in him and not just have repentant actions. <laughs> we, we got good repent. I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. We got all the repentant actions, but, but what about how you live out your life? Now watch this. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Boy, this is going to be so good. So let's define our terms, repent. I'm so excited. I'm moving now. I'm moving now. I'm, I'm up on the highway, so you got to go with me. You ready? All right. This word repent now, I got several definitions. It means to turn from and turn to with change. You see that? It means to do what? Uh-huh, and so it's not just enough to turn from. That's not the entirety of it. You got to turn from, but you also got to turn, you also got to turn to. Pastor John and I were talking in the back. We started getting, that's why I'm excited. He was pumping me up in the back. Um, see, it's almost like I used to smoke Newports. I know it don't look like, but you think about it. One thing they said, I was just trying to be cool. But, you know, for people who do have uh, uh, smoke and do different things, what they say is it's not just enough to turn from the thing because you have bodily action now that have adjusted to it. So if you're going to stop doing the thing, you got to put something else in the place of the action or else all you're going to do is circle back around to the thing that you turn from. Am I right about it? So what they say is when, if you're turning from smoking, instead of putting a cigarette to your mouth, put gum in your mouth. Because I'm triggering now a new action. So you just can't, if you're turning from lack, what are you turning to? Watch it. Second definition, read. To have a change, it means to have a change of heart and mind. Now watch this. And then third definition, read. To rearrange your entire way of, uh-huh, feeling and being in order to forsake that which is wrong. Say this loud and proud. Lack is wrong. Lack is wrong. There is nothing right about lack. Amen. Amen. Now, now, now watch this. So in the Greek word, in the Greek this word repent means metanoia. M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A. Metanoia. And it means conversion. Watch this. It means changing one's mind and purpose. Now, some of us are in lack because we don't understand the purpose of wealth. 
We don't understand the purpose of money. Stick with me. I'm I'm, going to help you out. Now, listen at this. Forgiveness is a confession of having done wrong. Am I right about it? Some of you say, I guess you are. Well, to repent is to change in action from what was wrongly done. So repentance and forgiveness is not the same thing. almost tripped up. Don't take those points from me. Forgiveness is one with the mouth. It's an action of the mouth. But repentance is a new action of the way. Right? So people keep coming to the altar, repenting, and the reason they have to keep coming back, they think they have to keep coming back, is because they think the altar is going to change the way. But the altar don't change the way. You have to change the way. And some of us, that's why we're going to be teaching this out. Some of you are experiencing lack because you hadn't changed the way you handle money. You still spending what you don't have. You're still living this uh, lifestyle of wanting people to think that you got it. I'm convinced of this. Satan gets a hold of us oftentimes before we come into the revelation of what God wants to do with us. And if he can get a hold of us before God, then he can taint and toxify the thing that God wanted to make the most use of. For instance, for instance, for instance, take a dope dealer for instance, right? A dope dealer who pushed big money was supposed to be an awesome businessman. And watch this. And was supposed to handle money just like he did in the world. But Satan got to him first. What often happens is we get in the world and we leave that skill over there with the devil. And God is like, how dare you? That belonged to me and you were supposed to use that for me. Go back and get it. But we've done it so long over here in the world that we become haters of it. Not understanding that all we needed to do was take it and repent it. Turn it over to God and let God anoint that thing and we operate and see the same outcome in the kingdom that we were having with it in the world. Let's go a little farther. Matthew 4, 17, the, the living Bible says, from then on Jesus began to preach, turn from sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, lack, listen at this, lack is the result of sin. Say that. Lack. Come on, say it again. Lack is the result of what? Lack is the result of what? Why are we seeing lack in the world? Because of sin. Come on. Why are we seeing lack in the world? Because of sin. Why are we seeing lack in the world? We're seeing lack in the world because of sin. Did we say because of God? Did we say God's order? Did we say God's plan? Did we say God's desire? Why are we seeing lack in the world? Because of sin. And watch this now. Sin is life out of order. Sin is what? So lack is what? Lack is your money out of order. 
Lack in any area is life out of order. I know I'm right about it because how, 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 could, how could it be the order of And I'm sorry you're not supposed to do that without interpreting. So here's the interpretation. How then can lack be the order of God and he tells me to be a lender and not a borrower? How can I lend if I'm in lack? How could you give me such command and I have lack? I don't even have enough for me. And you tell me to be a lender and not a borrower. Those who are in lack have to borrow. It's not the will of God. You got to reject it with everything on the inside of you. That's why today we're going to repent. Because you've been accepting something that God never intended for you to accept. And I'm sad that the church teach money like it's evil. You ready for a revelation? There was gold in the garden. Before Adam sinned. It didn't show up after he sinned. When God created the man and put him in the garden, there was gold in it. And the Bible says, and the gold was good. We, 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 have so, we have so adopted this pop Satan's agenda. We've so adopted it that we sing songs to glorify God that don't speak of him, that lie about him. We say the streets were paved with gold. Anything paved is fake. You'll catch that riding home. Nothing was paved. The Bible says they were gold as pure as gold. So God's cement was gold. He could have said in my father's house are many shotguns. That's not what he did. He went to the extreme. He said in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. So Jesus said, I ain't lying. I got some questions to ask you. Turn to Acts 3.19, sit there for a moment. Y'all ready for some questions? I I need some response. These are not rhetorical. Does the Bible require us to repent or to change? Come on, talk to me. Does it? It does, doesn't it? Okay. Do we repent upon getting saved? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, So what does the life now look like repentant? Okay, different. Different. I heard over here, new life. What does a life, the salvation is a repentant act. What does that life now look like? Some over here, who said that? Walk, okay, walking with God. Somebody here said change. Said change. Okay, what is over here? Better, better, I like that. Anybody else want to take a shot? Say, say again, Will. Huh, say again. Being mindful of what you do. I like that. Anybody else? Yes. Ah, I like that. In order. In order, right? That that, that repentant life, right? Because as sinners, it was life out of order. But repenting, that life ought to look like it's in order. Right? Okay. I love that answer right there. That's a good answer right there. Like all of y'all was like, yeah, yeah, just go over here and say that. Okay, 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 okay. Everybody want to use your answer. So so, we're going to use your answer. Okay. What should happen after a person repents then? I like that. Change, right? Change, right? Change. After a person repents, we should see change. Am I right about it? Okay. So how do we know what to turn to with change? Or better yet, where do we find the way to rearrange? I'm giving you the definition. Now, where do we find a way to rearrange our way of thinking, feeling, and being in order to forsake that which is wrong? 
The word of God. The word of God, right? Not, not what man thinks. Not what man thinks. We got to go to the word of God. So if we're repenting, we're bringing about change, and it's supposed to look better, then we got to go to the word of God because the word of God shows us what a repentant life looks like, right? Not what man thinks, but what God said. Okay, okay, I love, I love your answer. Acts 3 and 19. It says, repent ye therefore, and, that's a conjunction, be converted, that your sins may be, and we said that lack is the result of sin, and sin is life out of order. So the Bible says when you repent and convert it, whatever sin brought in your life, it's going to be blotted out. You got to lean in, man. You got to get this, man. It, it says that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That word converted means to change in form, to change in character, and to change in function. So just don't turn. The turning should bring about a change in form. So if it was crooked, it should be straight in form. If it was out of order, the repentant now brings order. Does that make sense? Okay. And, and then in function. So if I got, there's some functionality now that I, so if I was wasteful and I repent, I got to be stewardess now. Does that make sense? Okay. If I was not counting and not considering, if I repent, I got to now start counting the cost. Can I afford that right now? Should I do that right now? And not just say, I'll make that money up with more hours because money spent is money spent. Am I right about it? Two most valuable commodities given to man is time and money. Once you spend them, you can't get them back. Okay, 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 okay. Now, so here's a statement. Matthew 4, 17 said to turn from sin and turn to God. If Satan is the author and the originator of lack, and it came into our lives as a result of eating from the wrong tree, shouldn't we see as an act of repentance the fruit that comes from being connected to the right tree? Like, 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 how, how do you eat off, how do you eat off a peach tree and have apples around your mouth? Right? If I'm eating from the tree of life, I'm, 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 I'm gathering my nourishment, thank you, Holy Spirit, from this tree of life, shouldn't I see the result of that nourishment in my life? Okay, good. I'm glad that, so Jesus is the tree of life. Which then means we cannot keep committing the same act that Adam and Eve committed that put us in the situation that we're in. We got to eat from the tree of life. All right. This word nourished, this word nourished means to provide with the food or other substances necessary for growth, health, and good condition. It means to maintain or keep in one's mind for a long time. See, I, I'm, I'm allergic to lag. My kids are allergic to lag. I, I, think, I think the person who's the most allergic in my family is Kennedy. She was the baby. She was the smallest one. So she, I remember, let, let me tell you how bad it was when we first started this ministry uh, that's why I'm not ashamed of where I live or what I drive. I don't care what nobody say. You, you wasn't there the night Jesus found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. You don't know the cost. 
Can I preach of the oil? In my, okay, okay. Uh, I, I, I remember, I remember. Now I'm preaching, I'm preaching. I'm gonna shut down almost uh, close up now in, in the late 90s. Uh, well, that was, uh, not the late 90s, uh, early uh, t- t- 2000, late 90s, uh, shut down a, a business that was just about to explode. I'm almost at $100,000. I mean, I'm doing good. The Lord says, shut down your shop, going to ministry full time. We start this church, we're in this gym, and then we lose one of our cars, right? Then I, I take on uh, Darius. We, right around about that same time, find out that Darius is our son. And so there's only one paycheck in the house. Pastor, I'm a school teacher. No money coming in from me. I'm just trusting God, sowing seed, being generous whenever I can. And my Uncle gave us a single cab Dodge uh, standard shift truck. Five fam, five folks in the family, right? So we got to put Kennedy in the back seat behind us. Single cab truck. So she back there like that, right? And we just saying jokes and stuff, try to keep her smiling. But by the time I, you know, let the seat up, the girl know him. She got to warm up to get from back there. I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm like, Lord, you, 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 you move me to this. What is, what is this? Like I was doing better, seemed like when I was in the world. And the Lord was like, just hold on, son. I got you. Just hold on. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord would deliver us from them all, man. And, 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 and we just saw God little by just trusting God, being generous, sowing seed. I was doing video side work. I get the check. Man, we happy, man, about $1,500. We about to do something with that. God say, sign the check and give it to the church. Sign what? You don't see how hard it is around here? Sign the check and give it to the church. Sign the check, give it to the church. Nothing to do. All of a sudden, stuff just began to blow up in our lives, life situations. That's why when folks be talking about pastor taking all the money, I, I wish I could take you back in time. You would run out of my house. You'd pack your bags and run away if you had been in the situation that my family was in when we first started this church. But we watch God because we believe the Lord. And I always knew that that was not the will of God. God wasn't using that to teach me anything. No, no, it was not the will of God. I don't have full understanding why we came that route. Maybe, maybe, maybe for me personally, because of where I, I, where God is taking me, I, I, I know what the lowest of the low looks like. That's why I can sympathize with you and tell you that lack is not the will of God for you. You're not supposed to be in lack. You're not supposed to be struggling to pay your bills. Matter of fact, I speak to you as your prophet that you're not going to struggle paying your bills. Now, I appreciate your clap, but you got to receive that. You're not going to struggle to pay your bills. You're not going to be living paycheck to paycheck. You're not going to be looking between the seats for money to get gas. You're not going to be worried about getting put out your house. You're going to live in increase and overflow. Come on, come on, grab that, receive that. You're going to live in increase and overflow. Come on, say, I receive increase and overflow. You're going to set your expectation for increase and overflow. If you get it and it's not enough, thank you, Lord, but then you're going to say increase and overflow. If he gives it to me a lot, or if he give it to me a little bit at a time, increase and overflow. You're going to live a life of increase and overflow. Every need met. Increase. When the Bible says that you're supposed, Romans 13 and 8, uh, 13 and 4 says you're supposed to owe no man nothing but to love him. Now, that's, two, that, that's a twofold. Come on, say it's twofold. In context of writing 
Oh, and no man, nothing. Let me give you the correct scripture so you, because some of you write down everything I say. Uh, that's going to be 13 and 8. 13, 7 and 8 says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Verse 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. When it says, Owe no man, now if you were in school, it, you would ask the question, Who? It would be you. So then we would say, That's a command. So we've been commanded to owe no man nothing but to love him. What does that mean? That means it, that, that's twofold. That means one way of owing no man nothing but to love him means that I can pay it off and don't owe him nothing. But another owe no man nothing means I can pay the bill and don't owe you nothing. In context, it's talking about being able to pay your bills on time and you don't owe them nothing. You wouldn't, you're going to stop running from phone calls. No, how, no, no, no. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. It don't feel good to be paying the bill to the phone and somebody call your phone and you can't answer it. You'll catch that and ride home. That's your phone. You paying the bill to it, but right at that moment, the phone controlling you. No, no, you're going to answer every phone call. Hello? Uh, sir, no, check the, check the, check it. I already paid it. For about three months, you're going to have a serious attitude. Because all this time I've been avoiding y'all, I don't have to avoid nothing now. I'm answering everything. Don't be calling my phone. I paid you already. In Jesus' name. You're going to be saying, what, you need some money? I got some. I'm telling you, you're about to move into the best days of your life. Let's look at this. Three minutes. Let's look at this. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. Let's see what the Bible says. Come on. Come on. Say, Jesus is the tree of life. Adam and Eve were supposed to eat from the tree of life. Lack and poverty is sin, and that came from them eating off the wrong tree. Let, right way, let's start eating off the right tree. And, and don't listen to nobody else be talking. All, if anybody else talk all that side stuff, you let them talk it. Don't even get in an argument with them. Just ask them when you have a need, come see me. Look at, start at verse 15, John chapter 15, verse 1. Come on, let's read. I got to get this in. I told him to give me 30 minutes because I'm trying to get my message down to 30 minutes. Y'all, don't make me lie today. Come on. Uh, I am, the, come on, read. I am the, notice he didn't say I'm just a vine. I'm the true vine and my father is the husband. Come on, let's move a little faster. Every branch, come on, say I'm the branch. Now read. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Uh-huh, and every branch that beareth fruit, he, uh-huh, that it may. So, so, so God is not just satisfied with you having just a few things on you. He say, if it's bearing fruit, he gonna purge it so some more can grow on it. And anything in your life that's not bearing fruit, he gonna cut that out. Because it don't bring him glory for you not to be bearing fruit. Come on, keep going. Now ye are clean. Verse 4, about, uh-huh, and as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except, no more can ye except, verse 5, I am the vine, uh-huh, he that abideth in me and I in him, fruit, fruit, fruit. Sound like a lot, don't it? Don't sound like just enough, do it? How much fruit? 
Keep reading. For without me, come on, keep moving. If abide in me, not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and men gather them and I, I will we'll shout that revelation on another message. Keep reading. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Verse 8. Herein Let me take you to Bible college, that word glorify. We be, Lord, we want your glory. We just, we need your glory. We be having folk talking about glory and don't even, don't even know. They, they just like it because it's, it's, a, it's a woozy word. We keep trying to go back to the Old Testament to get how God showed up in the old to show up in the new so we want clouds in the room. The, the Bible says that his glory will be revealed in us. Now, I love it when he show up in the atmosphere. I love it when he show up in the atmosphere. But that's an Old Testament way. The New Testament way is glory in us. And when it's in us, it comes from us, and that's the revealing of the glory. So what we should be praying is for God's glory to manifest in us, not just show up in a room. That's why this new generation caught up in these atmospheric things because they, they keep praying for an Old Testament way because they don't want to discipline themselves for what God is now doing in this dispensation. Because it's easy to ask God to show up in a room, but it's work when he has to show up in you. Glory is twofold. One word is Shekinah, which means his presence. We want that. I pray for that. I believe for that. But the other word glory is the word kabod, which means to be heavily weighted with substance. And right there in verse 8, put verse 8 back up there, then we're going to look at verse 16. Verse 8, verse 8, verse 8. Come on. Come on, read. Herein is my... That word glorified means to be made big. It means to be made big. It means to be put on demonstration. His presence to be seen. Herein is God seen. Herein is God made big. How? That what? Personalize it. That I. Okay. Okay. So if God is glorified when I'm bearing fruit, what is he when I'm not? If he's being made big, if he's being put on the scene, if he's being demonstrated when I'm bearing fruit, what's happening to him for me when I'm not? What's happening to him with me when I'm in the line uh, at, at the title max to trade my title in? He, is he, made, he being made big? What's, what's happening? Is he being made big when, 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 I, when I always need help? When he told me to be a lender and not a borrower, he ain't being glorified. But for some way, we make that acceptable. When we got to go around systems to try to, and then pray that we don't get caught. Is he being glorified? When we barely have enough to buy lunch and can't eat, and we go on force fast, When we have to lie and say, I'm just fasting. You sure? Because you, your mouth is running looking at my burger right now. You look like you can bite burger and fingers at the same time. But I'm just fa I'm fasting.
Listen, we must repent. Let me close this out. I said 30 minutes. Give me five. Make this going to be 35. We must repent. Galatians 5 and 1. Listen. You keep playing, faith. Galatians 5 and 1. It says, here's, here's the scripture. Now look at me and listen. Look at me and listen. Because Here's what the Bible says. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Sin, when it was introduced to man, it put a yoke of bondage on man. Jesus came and took the yoke off. And he says, listen, you got to stand fast in this. Because there's going to be some teachings and some sayings and some beliefs that's going to try to put you back under bondage. He says, so you got to stand fast in this liberty where Christ has made you free. And don't get entangled again in that yoke of bondage. The word entangle means to mix up and twist. Listen, listen. We have given over to Satan's entangled beliefs. We've been in an entanglement. You know what an entanglement is? It is, it is the acknowledgement of being married to one while sleeping with another. It's an entanglement. So we married to Jesus, but we sleeping with Satan's doctrine. And I've talked to people. I don't care how much I try to show them what Jesus wants. They still come, yeah, but I just believe. Yeah, but I just. And I say, well, show me in the scripture. But they can't show me where the, bride, where the bridegroom would ever treat his bride like that. But for some reason, they still want to believe that the bridegroom is beating his bride up. That he's punishing his bride. What, what woman would marry? What woman would agree to physical abuse? And say, I'm only doing it to make the marriage better. Don't make no sense. But I know people who marry to that type of theology. And it's just hard to break their mind off of it because they love physical abuse. They got to try to find a way to make sense of it. Don't make no sense. The bridegroom gave himself for his bride that he might present her. As a chaste bride having neither spot nor wrinkle. If we walk in and lack that spots and wrinkles. Satan lied to Eve and made her think that something was being left out. When in fact she had everything she needed and more. Now we have to repent from the entangled beliefs. That having little or just enough is the will of God. When Ephesians 3 and 20 says exceedingly abundant above all we ask or think. Come on. That having money is evil. When Deuteronomy 28 and 12 said you should be the lender and not the borrower. We got to repent from that being prosperous is not the will of God. When John 15 and 16 says you shall bring forth much fruit. We must repent from accepting the current condition of our finances. God has use for us beyond our needs and when we lack we cut off his plan in using us first Thessalonians 4 and 12 says that we may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing we must repent from making Satan's way God's way and God's way Satan's way 2 Peter 2 1 through 3 don't have time for that but it talks about at the end of those verses that, the tr that, that there will be things that are done wrong, things that are done wrong, that what's going to happen in the end, the truth will be evil spoken of. 
So now you hear prosperity. God says, it's evil spoke. There they go chasing after money. Well, you don't say I'm chasing after healing. Don't never say you're chasing after healing. There they go chasing after that healing. All you're in God's face for is healing. Here's the one thing, here's the one thing that, that they can't deny. I'm after God. So you mean to tell me God want me to come to him for everything else, but don't come to him for the financial part. The, the one thing that touches every area of your life, don't come to him for that. So I automatically turn you back over to the world for that. Like, like when God say the earth is his, the world and everything that's in it belong to him. The silver and the gold, everything belong to him, but don't come to God for that. And he say where your treasury is, that's where your heart going to be. So I'm going to leave your heart to yourself with that. But everything else, you come to God for that. It's foolish. Let's close with this. We're going to do a prayer of repentance. We're going to do a prayer of repentance. Say this with me. Now listen, we repenting today, which means we turning, right? We turning. Today, you're turning from lack. The next series of teaching, we're going we're gonna to be talking about finances, how to steward over money, the will of God concerning finances. That's what, that's what we got to move you to. See, the Bible says a wise man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children. We're going to talk a little bit about transitioning and some things we ought to already have in place. Living wills. So we excited. We ain't fighting. Family ain't breaking up when someone transitions. Because you not already said, well, who you want to have, what, what can have, who. They ain't got to fight over because mama said, daddy said that belonged to me. We ain't fighting over that. that your, you're not, we're not leaving. See, you ought to be more in transition than you are alive. Now, don't go take nobody out. But your life, your life's living should be worth something when you're gone. You in your 20s, I got to work with y'all. You in your 20s, your early 20s, you have the ability to get a whole life insurance. You can become an asset millionaire right now. Not a You can become an asset millionaire right now with a whole life insurance policy. Right now. You can be setting your whole family up. You can be setting up your, the, the dynasty of your family right now. Instead of going out there hitting all these concerts and stuff like that, you are your greatest investment. You rock with me, I promise you I can get you there. And you will love living. You won't have to take these vacations where you got to come back and it take you six months to make up for the money you spent. You take the vacation, you come back, and you keep rocking steady because everything is good. Because you paid for it, you didn't have to put it on loan. Let's repent. Say this with me, Lord Jesus. You are the way. Stand to your feet. I need you to mean this, man. God has the best in store for you. And we're going to have fun living. You're not up under one of them hard-nosed pastors. You're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy living. We're going to take good vacations. Husband and wives going to spend time going out to dinner and enjoying each other and feeding each other, you know, uh, line, key lime pound of, you know, whatever you eat. You know what I'm saying? You're single right now. You're going to enjoy life. You're going to have yourself together so when she come and he come, they say, what you bring to the table? You say, all of me. Now, what you bring? Oh, you say, it sure ain't no bills. 
I say we're repenting today. We're turning from lack. We're resisting lack. We're only accepting abundance. Are you listening to me? Let's repent. Say, Lord Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the light. You are the way to the Father. Today, I repent and I turn from Satan's trap of blinding me in resources and the handling of resources that you prepare for me. I yield an absolute trust in your ability to meet and supply all of my needs. I accept your plan to prosper me. Jesus, you were made poor so that I might be rich. And I receive it today. I turn the whole of my life over to you today. I resist lack. Lack, go from me. I untie. I disinvite. I disallow you in my life today. I resist any act that causes lack to show up in my life today. I commit to stewarding properly over my finances so that I am proven to handle the riches of the kingdom. I renew my mind and my heart to God's will and receive only your plan for my life and in my life today. I release my faith in your ability to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I ask or think according to the power that worketh in me. Angels work on my behalf. Bring to me resources, overflow, ideas, concepts, and ways of getting out of debt, of ways of destroying lack, of ways of prospering for the kingdom of God. Father God, I repent and receive only your best for me. Now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, take a few. Uh, don't clap. Worship. Don't clap. Don't clap. Worship. 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 Thank Him. Thank Him. Just thank Him for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive it. Ideas, concepts, supernatural favor, doors opening for, on our behalf, uncommon wealth from uncommon places, from uncommon people. In the name of Jesus, angelic assistance. We receive it, Father. We receive divine help right now in the name of Jesus. We've repented and we've turned to you, Father, and we thank you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now give God praise for it. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. 
Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.